this rival series and uh, talking about, you know, the things that we come against us when we're followers of Jesus, when we are Christians, there's things that we go through and experience that are difficult. And we're going to talk about different kind of rivalries that we find in the Bible and different kind of ways that we experience kind of attack or, or, or at least uh, have the wisdom to know what to do when people don't understand what is happening in our life and they, they are quick to judge. And so today we're in this rival series and we're talking about throwing dirt. Has anybody ever like thrown some dirt on you? Maybe literally, you know, some of you, but you know, like, you know, they just kind of, they, they didn't like you. They, they, they just kind of found fault in something you did or somebody you hung out with or you weren't cool enough. These are all things for me. I'm just gonna pause for a minute and feel bad for myself. No. <laughs> One of my childhood uh, heroes was a little round-headed guy named Charlie Brown. All right, so some of you really young, you may not know him except like in some kind of repeat cartoon that you see on a shirt somewhere. But Charlie Brown was a pretty awesome guy. He wasn't the coolest guy. In fact, his dog was cooler than him, right? Snoopy was just cool as could be. But Charlie Brown was a pretty cool guy. And if you ever watch Charlie Brown and, and you watch the specials and they still come around at Halloween and Christmas and different times, is that Charlie Brown, unlike Lucy or Peppermint Patty, he can find a friend with anybody, right? He, he's just good. He like You never see Charlie Brown ever rejecting anyone, ever. You know, Charlie Brown would hang out with anybody and he would try to be friends with anybody. I mean, take it, his best friend was Linus, who sucked his thumb and carried a blanket. You know, I mean, you're going to catch grief for that if you're friends with Linus, you know. But he embraced him, and he embraced this kind of introverted musician, Schroeder. And he loved kids of color like Franklin. And, he, you know, he even allowed his little whiny sister, Sally, to hang out and flirt with his friends. Charlie Brown was all right. And when I think about Charlie Brown, the, the person that's most intriguing about Charlie Brown to me was his friend Pigpen. He had a friend that everyone called Pigpen. We never knew his name. If you know his name, I don't know what his name is. I tried to find out. But here's this kid that we never really know who his name is, who's obviously from a different type of place, a different type of home, different type of life. You know, he's not just dirty. He literally has a cloud of dirt around him, all right? So he's physically dirty and he's probably labeled and he's insecure and he's got all this dust around him. Yet Charlie includes him and accepts him and is never unkind to him. He loves everyone. And I wonder sometimes, are we Charlie Brown Christians? Do we love everybody? Can anybody hang out with us? Can anybody walk in the doors of abundance? And we're just like, you're awesome. I like your cloud of dirt. Sit next to me. Be in our Christmas play. That's how it was with Charlie. Unconditional love. And you know something? Unconditional love requires courage. It requires courage to love anyone, to love somebody that most of the people in your life are going, that's not gonna be good for you. That's not gonna be good for your reputation. That's not gonna be good for your career. That's not gonna be good for the cool kids. If you're friends with them, 
But I wonder who are the dirty in your world? Or maybe it's you. Do you have pig pen friends? You know, are we a pig pen church? We are, right? We are, right? We are, right? That's right, anybody can come in these doors. We don't care what you look like. We don't care where you came from. We probably came there too. Let me tell you, I know some dirt on some people in here. (laughs) Praise the Lord, we're saved. See, have you ever had someone throw dirt at you because of the friends you chose? Or because of the choices you made? weren't the choices they wanted you to make. The people you thought were the best weren't who they thought were the best. The people you thought to hang out with weren't who they thought should be the right people for you. And they threw dirt because your friends weren't their friends or your people didn't make sense to someone else. And the people you hung out with didn't make sense. And, And so people go, well, I don't like it. And we as a church, we can get really conceited. We can become very arrogant about what we think about who should be involved, who should be leading, who should be doing things. And yet Jesus, he looked at dirty people and thought, let's change the world with them. Let's change the whole world with them. Let's do something that no one saw coming. Do you ever wonder if you're that person that everyone else is talking to going, Why are you hanging out with that guy? I have this friend named Ron. I met his cousin today and he said, don't hold that against me. (laughs) I love my friends. I love every single person. We could all go, well, I got some dirt on them. I know something about them. I know something about their past or I know something about where they were or what they used to do or who they used to be. And Jesus knows everything about all of us. And let me tell you something, dirt is dirt. When he sets us free, he set us free and he didn't have gauges and rankings for who were the bad ones and who were the not so bad ones and who was the barely bad ones. The wages of sin is death. Any sin, death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The one we prayed about that said, came to this earth, lived a sinless life and died on the cross. He can't save us if he wasn't sinless, but he did. And every other world religion you wanna study, you'll never hear Mohammed or Buddha say that they were sinless. Nor do they say they're the way. Jesus was sinless and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, it's not picking a fight, it's telling the truth. And this is who we are. And so I wonder today what it must be like. Even Jesus had dirt thrown at him by church people. If you have some noise that you'd like to make when we open God's word, open to Mark chapter two. Come on! Yeah, now you guys that are visiting going, you really are weird people. Yep, we cheer for God's word too. It's a grand opening. We love it. We don't just read it. We need it. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore, Matthew, or Mark 2, verse 13. Again, and he taught the crowds who were coming to him. Verse 14, as he walked along, he saw Levi 
son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Tax collectors were the bad guys. They were the dirty guys. They were the crooks. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got right up and followed him. Verse 15. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. By the way, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Disreputable, that's a big word. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, who were never fair, you see, much like the Sadducees who were Sadducee. But the religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, and they asked the disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. By the way, there's a difference between think and know. Who think they're righteous or who know they're sinners. I know I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'll tell you that right now. I need Jesus every day. Every day need Jesus in my life. So I'm not sitting around going, who should be involved here and who should be in leader and who should be the best and who should be in charge and who should get to do this? Because I've seen God do miracles and people no one ever, 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 ever thought God could use. Man, I could talk about Lewis all day today. A teenager in a broken home and a really tough divorce when I met him. And he had all kinds of things go against him until all the way through his high school years. And he just kept overcoming, overcoming. You know, everybody else just said, yeah, let him go. That kid, whatever. Man, he's just killing it for Jesus. You see, God sees us differently. He sees us differently. He looks at us and goes, I don't sweat dirt because I can clean anybody. Though your sins be like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. There isn't anything that overwhelms Jesus. He's not looking at it going, oh, I think you might be too gone. See, Jesus has a quality that not even old Charlie Brown possesses. Because Jesus loves the dirty, but he also sees who they will become. And then lovingly and patiently leads them to their destiny. Jesus sees Levi. And he doesn't just blurt out the Levi at the tax booth. I'm going to change your name to Matthew. You're going to write the first gospel. You're going to be one of my disciples. And uh, you're going to be martyred for me. (laughs) Jesus knows it. He sees it. He looks at you guys. Man, we have some of the most amazing people in this room. And that's how I feel like every time I look at you, I go, oh, if you only know what God sees in you. If you only could see your potential, if you could only see how God is working in your lives, 
what God is doing. And this isn't just a thing to young people, but we've got some amazing young people, young adults, people that God is already stirring and God is already working and, and God isn't all put off by your past or your dirt or what somebody else says about you or whether you were popular or talked about in high school. God's not all worried about that or stressed out about that. He sees a line. He sees a potential. He sees people being saved. He sees you being the generation that ushers in the return of the Lord. If we're living in the last days, then I think he saved his best for last. I've always believed that. And I don't know if we're living in the last days, but I know we're living in our last days. So we better make use of the time. Jesus loves the dirty, but more of who they become. He sees that, Matthew, but he doesn't force it. He doesn't force it going, here, go over here. You need to go to the crash course in ministry. No. He says, just sit down. Sit down. Let's have dinner. Let's work this out. And he sits down, Jesus does, with all of his dirty friends for, dirty, for dinner. By doing this, not only Levi or Matthew becomes a follower, but a bunch of other people become followers too, and they step out of the dirt. You see, Jesus didn't become like them to save them. I want to make sure you understand that people love to twist this passage. I'd be like, Jesus hung out in bars, man. He hung out with all those people. He was just like them. Let me tell you something. Jesus isn't into that kind of crazy evangelism where you, you know, I'm going to go to a bar and just get drunk so that I can win drunk people to Jesus. All right, that's not what he was doing. That's not how he works. Jesus may have gotten in the bathtub with all the dirty people, but he was still the dove bar. You understand that? Somebody going to get clean in that water if Jesus is in that tank. If Jesus is in that water, you're going to be set free. And I want you to make sure that you understand that about Jesus. When he enters into a situation, he changes the temperature. He doesn't become the temperature. He's not a thermometer. He's a thermostat. All right? He doesn't become like us. He comes in and he says, this is going to change. And that's why people, when you walk in a room, go, who just walked in here? Because you changed the thermostat under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's right. People look around. You walk into a coffee restaurant and you see people go, what? who just? And they rub their arm and I think, you're getting goosebumps? That's my good looks, I think. <laughs> Again, that's not the joke of the message. <laughs> You see, what I love about Jesus, it's Jesus never compromised. And he, he will never. In the story of Jesus, we find the greatest recipients of his grace are those who needed it the most, who thought they deserved it the least. Read that in a book by Johnny Moore called Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches. You see, Jesus didn't just love people dirty with sin. He loved literal dirty people. You see, back in his day, there were people that they were told, you don't go near these people. If you are religious, if you are a follower, if you're a spiritual, these people are dirty and you don't touch them. And Jesus said, I'm going to touch them all. I'm going to touch every one of them. He went to people that were banned by spiritual people, religious people. And he did great things with them. Oh my goodness, lepers, prostitutes, fishermen, 
diseased people, dead people, demon-possessed people, and those horrible tax collectors. Jesus was not afraid of any of them. He touched them all. And out of every one of those groups of people, if you read in the Gospels, you'll see leaders and followers and church planners come out of those groups of people. I mean, isn't that all of our testimony? I was saved. He washed me clean. You see, and these people weren't just his converts. They were his friends. And they were part of his plan for his first church movement. Man, I love that. Hanging out with broken people reminds us of the grace of God. It doesn't contaminate us. It doesn't mess us up. It reminds us of the grace of God that we're willing to go more than halfway across the bridge and meet them. Jesus said, you know what? That's what I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember how you took care of me, how you loved me, how you clothed me, how you dressed me. And they're going to say, when? And Jesus says, for I was hungry and you fed me. And I was thirsty and you gave me drink. And I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. And I was naked and you gave me clothing. And I was sick and you cared for me. And I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? And Jesus says, when, they, when, did, or when did we ever see you sick and in prison? And he says, the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You were doing it to me. Man, I love that. I hear a story of Mother Teresa in the streets of Calcutta with a famous evangelist that was with her. And he was there to see how they fed 10,000 people every morning. And, and they were going through the streets and they were so crowded. You know, Calcutta is like the doorstep of hell. Some refer to it and just a very hard and dirty place. And, and she kept looking and he was, she was distracted. She was supposed to be giving a tour of this important person. But she kept looking and looking and looking and looking. And finally, after hours, she ran to a man that was laying in the gutter in his own stuff. And she picked him up and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the evangelist came over and he has his camera. said, oh, is this person's name Jesus? This is who you're looking for? And she's like, every person's Jesus. And every day I look for who Jesus is calling me to that day. Who's beneath us? Who can't we love? I'll tell you right now, quickest way to fill this church and to grow and reach this community is to care for everybody. To care for everybody. It might take more cleanings, might take more work, might take more, more leaders. Yeah, it's great. Get in the bathtub, get clean, have some fun. Experience the grace of God. Jesus didn't come to save the world. He came to save the people of the world. You, me. He didn't weep over the city of Jerusalem. He really weeped over the unbelief of the people of that community. And I think sometimes he weeps over our unbelief too. And honestly, I'm not trying to point the finger. I need this word as much as anyone. I've got dirt issues that I have to surrender every day to God. Grace reaches us all. It reaches us all. And that's our testimony. 
Politics, programs, plans, paint, they don't change cities and they don't change people. Ultimately, people change people. And Jesus lives in people and his love works. It works. Loving dirty people can't just be done on TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram. Sometimes that's all we do is we want to take a picture. Look at us ministering in the inner city. Look at us ministering on a mission strip. I think God has a different set of pictures that he's going to show us on the day that the crowns are handed out. When nobody caught us, when nobody praised us for what we were doing, we just did it because we joined Jesus and what he was doing. To get up every day and go, God, where are you working? That's where I want to be. That's where I want to join. I'm almost done. Friends, this is my statement. This is from my heart. We genuinely get down and dirty to love the broken, the lost, the bullied, the lonely, the bitter, the depressed, the skeptical, the angry, the wonderfully beautiful people back into the loving arms of their creator. Roar! Found my roar. We genuinely get down and dirty to love the broken, the lost, the bullied, the lonely, the bitter, the depressed, the skeptical, the angry, the wonderfully beautiful people back into the loving arms of their creator. Woo! That's my roar. And we do it because it's the best way for us to touch and love Jesus. You see, grace requires courage. It requires courage. So let me read this and close. James 2. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus if you favor some people over others? For example, some, suppose someone comes into your church dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and other comes in who are poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to, to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ and his noble name you bear? Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. See, guys, at the cross, the ground's level. There's not a spot for the cool the pretty, the rich, and the famous. It's level. Everybody needs a Savior. And no one is a Savior. Only Jesus. Only Jesus is our Savior. Only Jesus. So it's level. And all are equal. And all are welcome to experience the wonderful relationship with the Lord. I want to reach anyone we can. As soon as we can. And we must be willing to love them before they're clean and holy. That's what we have to do. We've got to love them. We've got to be the most loving church they've ever encountered. 
anybody could be here. And they say, why, why do we, we, we dress kind of casual, we dress kind of different, we, we do things different? Because we want to make a clear distinction that doesn't matter how you come in here, you're welcome. Doesn't matter how you come into this house, you are welcome. And God loves you and has a purpose for your life. So God's agenda is different. And I think the clock is ticking. 2 Peter 3, 9 said, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Today, my hands will get dirtier while my heart becomes cleaner as I keep touching and loving every person I can. Today, my hands will get dirtier while my heart gets cleaner as I keep touching and loving every person that I can. That's my roar. And when the rivals come, why are you with them? Why do you love them? Because that's where Jesus is. And I'm just hanging with Jesus. Lord, you hear our hearts today. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge us. But more than challenge us, change us, God. Change us. Break us of our own indifference. Break us if we're prejudiced. Break us, Lord, if we have status. Lord, if we're prideful about our faith, about our walk, about our denomination. If we're prideful, God, about anything that you are not prideful about, God, I pray that you would just humble us so that we could love anyone the way you love us first. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy on my life. Saved a sinner like me. And God, we just know that today, as the cross is leveled, anyone here again today, Lord, that doesn't know you, anyone listening online right now, it's not too late. Say, Jesus, come into my life right now. Forgive me of my sin right now. And be my Lord and my Savior right now. And then get after it. Get after it. Somebody may call you dirty still. Somebody may not see the change. Just get after God's word, getting with God's people, and get after what Jesus is doing on this earth. Time's ticking. God loves you. Amen. Amen. Get your roar. Amen.